The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From the Philadelphia Eagles to the Kansas City Chiefs, a former University of Alabama standout, once known as the Mighty Mouse, number 29, Mark McMillan! And also we have Mr. B.N.E., the man in the middle. From the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Byron Evans. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up, we some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you a reason to put in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving, if he's pushing Phoenix. We're bringing the cutting edge for season. Phoenix alone. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hard Hitting Radio, and I am not Mark McBillan, and this is not Byron Evans on the line with me. <laughs> it's Jay and Gabe again. What's going on, Gabe? Howdy, howdy. How we doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Another good Friday in the uh, lovely state of Arizona. Actually, not, not too bad out today. I mean, That's I guess a hundred and two. Too bad is is different than most, though. Yeah, our 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 not too bad is a hundred and two. So right, exactly. like, oh, it's 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 pants weather. Hey, I was I, I'm a, I was actually driving around with my windows down. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're like, oh my goodness, it's it's cool out there. That is that is the definition of our. The weather's really nice today. So but that's all right. That's all right. So uh, Mac is in Akron, Ohio right now, home of the Zips, and uh, he's doing his junior rank stuff out there, and uh, so we're filling in. Uh, I got to make a little shout-out for Mac, of course. Uh, hit Alabama softball, women's softball, won the Women's College World Series uh, two days ago. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it was actually the first SEC school to win the national championship in women's college softball. So he's pretty, all, he's all psyched about that. He's he all psyched that. And can't recruit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, uh, he had to bring up the fact that Alabama has won four national titles this year. Now, I would like to point out the fact that of those four national titles, three of them are by the women. Gymnastics, golf, and softball. That's cute. I mean, it's 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 well-rounded. It's nice to have a program like that, yeah. But you know what's going on over there, fellas. You know, so pick it up. But big ups, they uh, they actually. Uh, oh, Arizona State was the defending national champions, and they actually lost to Alabama first, and then the next day they lost to Oklahoma. So the two national championship teams took out our Sun Devils, ending the Pac-10 slash 12 reign. We own that thing. Oh yeah, I will. I mean, baseball and softball on the on the western side of the U.S. is is always strong. So. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Speaking of which, uh, Devin Marrero, another first round Arizona State Sun Devil. Yes, he is heading to the Boston Red Sox. So maybe maybe him and Pedroia can pull off that little Sun Devil combo there. But it'll probably take him a couple years to get up there. But a good pick. Good. Nice job, Devin. Congratulations on that. Um, man, let's jump into the to the big topic right now: Heat and Celtics. 
He'd go, oh, he'd go Everybody's up. Everybody's got an opinion on this one. Everybody has an opinion on this one. Uh, he'd go up 2-0 to begin. Uh, then Boston comes back, and they're up 3-2. And the Heat take it and force game seven. Uh, ac- actually, the way I look at it, LeBron took it and forced game seven. You know, there's, I'm, I'm surprised the, the news hasn't covered this. There's, there's got to be several fatalities from people jumping on bandwagons, jumping off, jumping Breaking back ankles, on. all kinds of things oh, like that. Oh, my goodness. Well, well you know, seven. the one thing I will say about LeBron is I'm not a LeBron hater. I respect the dude and what he does. I thought what he did with the decision was stupid and actually pretty immature. But as a, as a player... I don't hate him. He is one of the best all-around basketball players out there. He just hasn't been clutch. Last night, he got in there, 45-15-5, one of the greatest playoff performances in recent history. Oh, yeah. You know? You know, and, and uh, a buddy of mine was saying, you know, he was saying, uh, you know, when, when LeBron wants to, he is a top three player of all time. And, and that statement's true, but, but therein lies the problem. When he, when wants, he to. wants to. You know what? It's, it's, sim- it's similar to another person we're going to talk about today in T.O., when he wants to. You know, yeah. that's followed him his whole career. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I was reading an article in SI that came out about two weeks before the season ended um, on LeBron and his train of thought and what he went through in the offseason and, you know, how he felt going into this season. And, you know, he's how hard he took that last year, and I liked seeing that. I liked seeing him actually open up and be vulnerable. And I think he's taken that and built onto it, and you saw what kind of year he had. He had one of the, you know, that will go down as one of the best seasons in history. I mean, when you're averaging almost a triple-double. and In, in any sport, you want your athletes to care. Yeah. You know? and, and, and so if, if losing didn't affect him, and if he easily moved on, to the next thing, the next project, the next off-field distraction. Um, you know, th- this is the basis of, of all the hatred towards him. You know, we're not sure if he cares and wants it as bad as the greats that we grew up watching. You know, I, and, I, and I agree with that. And I think maybe last night was that game where that step is taken. Yeah, now, you if hope. you hope. I mean, it's not like this is the first great game of his. In, right, in exactly. I mean, he had big shots uh, for Cleveland, you know, hidden, hidden shots with, you know, at the buzzer. He's done that before, but then he disappears. Well, yeah, and that's. down, and then he loses to, to the Celtics in, in game five, and he shows up to the press conference half an hour later wearing, you know, uh, eyeglasses with, with no. Uh, with no glasses in them. You know, it, here he is losing one of the most devastating games, and, and he's thinking about how he's going to accessorize his outfit. You know, it, it, wh- where's his head at? You know, I think, I think right now, and I, wa- I want to believe this, not because I'm jumping on any type of LeBron, you know, bandwagon or anything like that. I want to believe that this dude, is going to come back in Game 7. and I, I have nothing against the Celtics or anything like that. Ray Allen's one of my favorite players. I like watching Rondo play. I would like LeBron to come out and have another 35, 40-point, 12-rebound, 6-assist game. I want to see this guy take that next step and get to the championship round because if he does not show up in Game 7 here and the Heat lose, 
Oh man. Oh yeah. You thought last off season was bad. And 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 I mean, whew, I would not want to be a part of that, you know. And if you know, the one thing I did I did notice they actually brought this up last night. Paul Pierce was like what four of eighteen. Yeah. yeah what it, if it, that would have been LeBron? Yeah, and, and and Pierce is on the outs. I mean, obviously he's he's been on on the you know other side of of his career um, for a time now. But that that was that was not pretty. No, de- definitely, definitely not. You know, and if that was LeBron, that's all we would be talking about today. That's all oh, anybody yeah. would be talking about today. But you know, I think that he has got to he's got to take control of this game, not put it in Dwayne's hands. He's got to take control of this game yeah. on Saturday, and he's got to do it. You know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If he does not. Um, you know, that you, this week you, you keep seeing the replay of the not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven titles. Um, he goes 0 for 2 against a team that, you know, peaked three years ago. Right. Um, that's, that's a big nail in his career. No, I'm, and, and that's something that's going to follow him a, a, a long ways. And then here's, here's the sad thing. He does get past Boston. He's got to go through it all for one more series. Oh, yeah. Oh, OKC, I mean, and we'll get to that series in a minute. OKC is not someone you want to face right now. And if anything, they've got, they've got the pieces to give Miami a real big headache. Oh, a- a- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, the, one thing, the one thing that I wonder is what happens if the Heat don't win Game 7? Do they just go status quo and be like, all right, let's come back next year and let's get it? Or is somebody gone? And my thinking is, not one of those three players is going to be the one that's gone. No, I, I think they they keep, you know, mixing and matching um, the surrounding pieces. But I think they give it one more year with the core three. And if they don't do it, then one of the guys, one of the guys, has to move. Well, say they don't get past Boston. Do you think Spo is gone? No, for some reason I. I almost kind of think that that Riley likes having Spo there, and, and you know, it's his puppet. You know, it's his well, baby. yeah, this is tr- this is true. Time. This is true. I was messing around with people on Facebook yesterday, and I, I mentioned, you know, if they lost Game Six, somebody was going to have to pay for that, and it was probably going to be Spo. And wouldn't the su- surprise of all surprises, the thing that nobody would ever think would happen, Spo gets fired, and Pat Riley actually puts his ego aside. And then go gets Phil Jackson. No, oh, they can never coexist. Phil and Pat, no yeah. chance. Uh, you should have seen the comments on it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, if there's, I mean, if there's any more, uh, not polarizing, but the people that that cause an uproar, it's it, it Pat and Phil. You know, it's it's funny. Is would those two put their egos aside just because everybody thinks that they wouldn't? I mean, Miami has enough to pay him. Pat wants a title down there. Phil's ego is bigger than anybody's in sports. I agree. You know, I mean, I, uh, I actually think Phil's burnt out. Could he end up back in the league? Yeah, but I don't think he'd do a very good job. I think he's done. I think he's burnt out. I think yeah, he's I mean, he, the best days oh, of Phil. You know that those last couple years in L.A. probably, you know, I'm sure that that has to wear on you being in a city like that. Oh, it does. You know, so and and you, you know the other thing you look at is why even taint the legacy? 
Well, your team's legacy, he's got the most championships. Everything is his. There's, this thing can only go down from here. This is, this is Jordan with the Wizards. Nothing good can come from this. And let's not forget the last few years, he had a ton of physical ailments. Yeah. Being on his feet all day at the practices, at the games, uh, flying, it, it takes a toll on Phil's body. I, I really think he's done. Uh, I mean, have you seen he, him walk around? I, no, I mean, there was, there was several. Like, he's, like, he's all hunched over and, you know. He wasn't around. You know, when, when you actually see him walking around, he's, he's not walking, you know, like he's 40 years old anymore. So, uh, it, it, but, you know, I it's mean, just, he's a big body. He's a yes, big man. Yes. It happens to all the big guys. You know, and it's, you know? It, it was one of those fun things to put out there to see what everybody's reaction was. But I personally think that Miami is going to come out. LeBron is going to put this on his shoulders again, have another great game, maybe not 45, 15, and 5 because that's one of the all-timers, but I think that they win this game and they, they put it away good by 10, 12 points. I agree. Oh, I, I think Miami takes this one. I think they uh-huh. took it all out of the Celtics last night. Yeah, no, and, and, and they look, the Celtics look tired. Those legs are yeah, tired. Yeah, the, and I was just going to ask you if you thought the same thing, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, they were not moving very gingerly. Um, and there's no way at, at this age that those guys can can bounce back in two days and and be in shape um, to take down the you know the the more athletic and and younger Heat. And this was this was probably the the close of their window. Uh, Celtics, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know who who do you who do you see back next year for them as far as those big three and even Rondo. If Garnett is willing to come back at the right price, I could see Garnett coming back. Right. Um, Pierce has to is, is going to retire a Celtic. He has to. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Rondo, if somebody's willing to pay the big price, can move Rondo. But but I, I'd say seventy thirty that some even seventy five twenty five that he stays in Boston. Uh, Ray Allen will not be back. And uh, Ray Allen, I think, will find somewhere else. Yes, yes, um, of course. You know, and he becomes kind of the, the Mitch Richmond at the end of his career sort of thing. Um, but he, he's the guy that, that won't be back. How long, how long has Rondo been in the league? Let's see, they're a good five years now? Five years? So he's still a young point guard. Yes. I would think that... If you're a team that needs a point guard and you're not going to be able to get it in the draft, you maybe give up a little bit to get a guy like Rondo. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's definitely worth at, worth at least one first-round pick. And his contract is actually not that bad. Uh, under, undervalued a bit. You know, I could see, I could see somebody if 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 somebody has a smart business person in their front office, you know, maybe you make a run at Rondo. And I'm you know? sure I'm sure the Celtics will throw in, um, you know, one of their overpriced veterans into the right, deal right. so they can kind of, you know, cut some salary there. Because I'm I'm sure they'd love to be able to do that as well. Yeah, I they mean, can, they know they see their window. They know that their window's closing. Yeah, you know, I think I think this off is going to be really interesting. It really will be because it, it's the first full off season where teams are having to make some major financial decisions. No, I with, I, I definitely the, agree. The new, uh, 
TBI. Or well, TBA. you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, they're long gone, but it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where the Suns go in the offseason, what Steve Nash is going to do. Uh, you saw the Lakers already make one move uh, where right. they uh, they uh, picked up the option for Bynum. Right. $16.4 million. That's He's worth it, though. You know, a young center that big, you know, you just hope he, you know, you just hope he stays healthy. I mean, it's, it's, that, that body is definitely worth it, but sometimes you worry about what's between the ears with him. But Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, who, who do you think, you know, as far as the Lakers go and, you know, popping it over to Kobe, is their window closed or do you think that they can add somebody in there and maybe keep it open for a couple more years? They can make some minimal moves and remain competitive. But as far as being an elite top two, top three team, I think that window is closed just because um, it's just too difficult to to make the right move, and and there's so many financial, um, you know, handcuffing involved. It's going to make it too hard for them to turn over that roster and make it really competitive. Crazy thing is, is they did make the right move. It was just vetoed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That that was the the shutting of the window for them right there. Absolutely. You know, and uh, David Stern's a whole nother topic in itself, you know. Yeah. I find it very convenient that New Orleans ended up with the first first pick in the draft. Of course. You that's, know, that's I mean, conspiracy of all conspiracies right now in sports. You know, so, but we are right now going to go on and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hit that Thunder Spurs series because we got a little bit to talk about there. And I have to, I, I'm going to have to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a bit. Hard hitting radio with Jay and Gabe. to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. 
Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner, Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. Hey, we're back, and we just got done talking about the Heat and Celtics and LeBron James and what's going on over there. Let's move out to the West. And I believe on the Out of Bounds show, I said that the Spurs' experience and coaching would win out in this series. And if this was a three-game series, you would have been absolutely correct. Exactly. They would have swept them. However... Uh, you know, it was looking kind of bleak there for the Spurs or the Thunder in the beginning. They go down 0-2. I really, I mean, just the way the Spurs dissected things in those first two games, like I really sat back and I'm like, how are they gonna? How are how are the Thunder gonna come back? Yeah, well, no, it, it really it what didn't look like it was a few lucky baskets. It it looked like the Spurs were dominating yes. the Thunder and just the absolute definition of what a technician is. I mean, just just running laps around them. Well, you know, and, you know, everybody's talking about Duran and Westbrook and what Fisher brought to that team and stuff. Being down 0-2 to the Spurs, let's talk about their coaching. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's Scotty Brooks. I mean, everybody already respected Brooks for, you know, for the job he'd done over the past few years. Um, but he had he went nose-to-nose with, with the best coach in the NBA. He sure did. Pitch. You know, and, and and pretty much shoved it down his throat for the next war. I mean that that was that was almost as impressive of a four game sweep as I've ever seen. It, it was. It was. Yeah, that's it what was I was two, just gonna say. Different series. It, it was like those first two games were not even part of anything. Right. Absolutely. I don't know if it was a rope dope. I don't know if they, you know Ali came in and. You know, give him a, a pep speech on on you know strategy, but holy cow! Well, you know, it's a, it's an it's another situation where you saw uh, you know a little bit younger team. You know, where the other team wore down. Yeah. You know, and like you said, there's a lot of miles on that team when you look at those players. Even though uh, Parker's not that old, he's fairly young. He's just been in the league forever. But, you know, and, and we discussed this in Out of Bounds um, when we were discussing Kobe. Um, you know, Kobe's 32, 33, but he plays like 37, 38 because he's... He's, he's got so much mileage on him, yeah. You know, once you take the, the playoff games in, into account, the Spurs are right there. The Spurs are in the playoffs every single year. They're in the 
Western Conference Finals at least every single year. That's a lot of extra games. You know, I wonder uh, off this Spurs team, who for them, you know, does everybody stay put? Does Tim Duncan retire? Does he have a, another couple years left in him? I think you're you're going to begin to see a decline um, in his game, and, and it's going to be slow. He takes care of himself. Yes, he, he does. Well, he he maintains himself, um, but he's human. A- age is going to start showing on him, you know. And, and it's not like you hear the stories of him going to Germany or anything, and, and you know, you know, spending you know blood platelets or anything like that. Um, he's fundamental, so he'll never be bad. Um, but he's going to lose a step. Yeah. It's, it's just going to happen. It's human nature, and that's fine. He's, he's had a great career. It's been a Hall of Fame career, no doubt, for Spallett. Um, but ages, ages are coming for Duncan. You know, they, they, and then we talked about this on Out of Bounds, you know, even to Charles Barkley, the best power forward to ever play the game. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm still a, a Carl Malone guy in there. You know, I don't know if he was as good as Carl. I know he's got championships, but... As a whole, I don't know. What, do you, where, what were your thoughts on that? On um, repeat the question. Uh, the, on whether or not you know Barkley said he's the best power forward to ever play the game. I still think Malone is. You know, but Duncan, uh, Duncan, it's, it's, Duncan's it's, right there. To, to say the best, it's it's one A and one B played by two different styles. Malone uh, was a specimen. Malone um, could dominate you at any time. Um, but again, he, he never carried a team to a championship. Duncan's got a couple rings. Yes. Duncan was the model of consistency. You know, you never saw Duncan have a bad game. He was, you know, he put up his 21 points and 12 rebounds yep. every single time. Yep. You could all, you could definitely always count on that, you know. And he's one of those players that he doesn't get a lot of respect because he's probably one of the most boring, not only players. But probably one of the most boring personalities in the NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? It's in the era that we're in, with all the spotlight, we always want to quote. We always want to put something on the cover. We always want to put something on the bulletin board. Uh, we always want to show the highlights. Um, you know, we're, we're such an, an excitement-driven fan base now. Um, he's old school. No, you know, he, without a doubt. Fundamentally sound. It's not going to make a sports center top ten, but it's how the game's supposed to be played. And when it comes to off the court behavior, he's not going to say anything crazy. He's going to be honest, and then he's going to go about his business. He's going to go home, and you don't hear from him until training camp. He's a professional. It's what he is. Yeah, and we're bored by that, very, and that says more about our society than it does him. Yeah, very true. Very true. Now, what do you, uh, is this the beginning of the rain for the Thunder? Yes. Oh, let's not say beginning. I I think it began last year. I think they opened up the eyes and and really startled people. I think it's why in the preseason, uh, I think them and Miami were were predicted to to be right where where they're where they're at. Yeah. Um, But this is this is that giant step um, into the uh, you know into being in the discussion of, of top team in the NBA. Well, you know, you, you go through the Lakers. Now you're going through the Spurs. So you've went, you've gone through the two teams in the West that have been the teams in the West for the last what decade? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you take your step there. Now are they ready to take that next step and 
get past LeBron and Dwayne? Uh, if you look at those last four games, yes. Yes, they are. Durant emerged. Westbrook was making great decisions being selfless. And all their role players seem to be making the right pass and being in the right position at every time. I mean, they, they're really clicking right now. Now, how much do you think D. Fisher has helped this team? I mean, especially with you've seen since he's come on the team, there's no more Westbrook outbursts. There's no more arguing. There's no more. I, I think a lot of that goes to the credit of Derek Fisher. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and when we spoke, um, on out of bounds, uh, I kind of dismissed Fisher as far as his impact. I said, you know, maybe maybe in the locker room, but on the court, he's not going to give you too much. He might hit an open jumper um, just because everybody feels that they don't have to defend him anymore. Um, but you're absolutely right. Watching Westbrook um, calm his game down and, and start making the proper decisions on the court, I think you have to attribute that to Fisher. Absolutely, I think I think Fisher's brought him under his wing, is mentoring him. And, you know, showing him the importance of, of playing team basketball and, and, you know, the fact that, that you can, you know, ease off the gas sometimes and, and that that's for the betterment of the team. And you have Kevin Durant on your team. Let him do his thing. Right, absolutely. And appreciating your teammates. You know, and, and, I, and I wonder when he, when he went, when he got signed, I wonder if he went to Scotty Brooks or Scotty Brooks called him in the office and said, hey, how do I get these two together to play Together, you've already been through this with Kobe and everybody. What do, what do we need to do? And it, it it almost is like Fish is kind of like an assistant coach. I was going to say he's a player coach, without Absolutely. a doubt. I mean, even with the Lakers before the trade, he was he was a player coach on that team. I mean, he's he's the the player rep for Pete's sake, and you know, or was the the player rep. Um, so yeah, no, Fish carries uh, with him um, a certain respect and and. Uh, you know, he's definitely a leader, and, and guys, you know, the guys on the Lakers listen to him, and, and now you're seeing Westbrook really kind of, you know, take in as well. You know, with them seeing seeing what Derek Fisher has brought to this team, you know, he he's on just a one year contract, right? Uh, no, I, yes, uh, he's got an option, but I'm not sure if it's a team option or a player option. I mean, I I'm. I'm pretty sure that they would want him to stay there, at least for one more year. I think a, a year of Fisher on a, a full year of Fisher on that team lend, lends a lot to how this team, you know, say they do win the title. Derek Fisher's been in that spot. How do you react to to now being the defending champions? You oh, know, yeah. no, absolutely. I, I, if it's a team option, I can see them dropping it because I can imagine that the price would probably be steep. Um, but I can, I'm sure they'd work it out where they'd say, hey, you know what, we're going to turn down this option, but we'll give you a two-year, you know, $5 million deal. Um, I'm sure they're going to do whatever they can to keep him around just because his presence, it, it's noticeable. No, it, really it, noticeable. It, it, it definitely is. You know, even if, they do lo- even if they do lose in the championship series, he's been in that position before. Yeah. I mean, Derek Fisher's seen it all. Been, is there anything he hasn't been a part of? He's been part of the dynasty. He's been, you know, in games and series where, where they're down and, and it's the biggest uphill climb. He's seen it all. And, and you know, the, the Thunder have, have done such a fantastic job of putting that roster together with, with elite players and, and the proper role players. Um, 
what that team really needed was was a veteran presence. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Everybody talks about the experience that they needed, and I think D. Fish is, is the guy that that really brings that to them. I, I agree. I, I I'd like to see him stay there and kind of keep that keep that team together. It's funny we when we talk about the trio for you know because everybody's got their big three, and we talk about the big three for OKC. One of them's not even a starter. You know. Yeah. And I think. I'd love to see what kind of damage a James Harden could do in a starting lineup somewhere. You know? But, but it really seems like Harden has, has taken well. You know, much like the Spurs guys and much like Ginobili. Right, right, right. They, you know, he doesn't have to be a starter. It really seems like he's put his ego aside and understands um, his role with the team and, and just how important. And I think they've done a good job of, of making him feel important, and, and you know, whenever it's it's crunch time, then it's Harden's in there. Well, and it's not about who the starting five are, but it's who's there, you know, at, at the most necessary times. You know, and I, I kind of look at it as, you know, his. I, I I knew James when he was at Arizona State and got mm-hmm. got to hang out with him, and he, he the ego. I mean, you know, there's a little bit there, but in that sense, not much there. I mean, the dude's still coming up doing twenty and eight. You know, oh, yeah. and you know he get, he gets recognized as the the sixth man in the league. You know, I th- I think he's I think he's really happy where he's at. I would agree. You I know, would agree. And, and when you look at great teams, they tend to have those types of guys. You know, the Ginobili's, the the Lamar Odoms with with the Lakers the past few years. You know, it, guys who are willing to set aside their ego for the for the sake of the team. Yep. You know what? That's I, what, just a sign of of a great coach and a great organization. Exactly, exactly. You know what? You know what I am confused about with these with the Thunder. Okay, so you got the Seattle Sonics people, who, yeah. okay, either they're they're one or the other. They're either like they're posting things with Durant and Westbrook in Sonics jerseys, and these guys are Sonics. They're not Thunder. Blah blah blah. And or you have the Sonics fans that hate them because they're not in Seattle anymore. I feel really bad for the Seattle people because they are very, very confused. It's unfortunate, but it, it's also Seattle. It's it's not like Seattle was filling that arena up, um, <laughs> you know, before Durant. Well, up. right, so, right, you know, exactly. It's, it's a little hypocritical. You know, and and that's what I always wanted to say. Hey, you know, if, if you guys wanted them there, but I don't know the full situation. Or I don't recall the full situation on why they ended up moving to OKC. What was going on with their attendance or anything like right. that? You know, so and I know it had to do. You know, some of it had to do with with getting them a new arena. Um, you know, and unfortunately, they're asking for a new arena pretty much right as the economy was going in the tank. So right. I'm sure that it's unsettling for. You know, a city and state government to uh, to pony up that much in, in tax dollars when there's so many other pressing needs, you know, either present or, or coming down the pipeline. Well, you know, th- this is what I see putting that team in Oklahoma City. You know, I think when they put New Orleans in there, it was kind of a, a test experiment, and right. I think putting the the moving the Sonics to there, it, it kind of put a revitalized a little bit of the NBA. You know, a new city, all that excitement, and, you know, a new place for people to go. And, you know, I don't – it's funny. I don't ever – I don't even look at them like they were the, the Sonics anymore. Oh, no. I, I, I never even – they're completely the thunder in my eyes. And, and really, by the way, you have to take 
you know, tip your hat to uh, to Oklahoma City, you would have never thought of them. No, um, not at a all. Major market, you know, worthy. I mean, you got cities like St. Louis and and Buffalo and and you know other other markets that you would think would would get an NBA team before they would. But their fans show up every single night. Filled, and granted, they've got a great product to support there. Right. Uh, but they're showing up every single night and, and making it worthwhile. Well, you know, you know, one of the things all they have there in Oklahoma City is you're either a Sooner or you're a Cowboy, Oklahoma State right. Cowboy. So this is their first, you know, professional anything they can grasp, and I, I, I like the, you know. I like the way they've done it. It's a great sports city. I mean, you look at that co- the Women's College World Series that was just there. That place right. is packed every day. Right. You know, so it's a great sports city. So, you know, but here we go. They got one game to sit there and wait. I think, do you think the rest helps them a little bit, or do you think it messes with their momentum a little bit, and they're just kind of sitting there going, all right, we're, let's go, we're ready? I think it's good for them. I think uh, calms them down yeah. a little bit. They don't want to wait. It's, it's good that it's just one game gives them a chance because they hit it hard these last four. I'm sure their bodies could use a quick breather. Had they swept and had to go four, five, six days of a wait between the next series, right? Uh, I think that would have hindered them. I think I, th- I think this is a good way to get yourself mentally prepared for your first, you know, for your first shot at a championship. So, but that's, I mean. It's going to be exciting. Saturday is going to be exciting. We'll see. We'll see who they have. But right now, we're going to hit. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a little bit of uh, a little bit of triple crown news that we have because it looks like there's not going to be a triple crown winner. We're going to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods, and we're going to talk about a little bit about Tio Chosinko. And we'll be back after this break. Hard hitting radio with Jane Gates. flagship station for sports voice america sports what if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place it can be done and darnell autry proves it every week on outside the spotlight in this program athletes and artists come together to share their success stories hobbies professional projects and more that will interest not only the sports fan but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories if you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer listen for outside the spotlight fridays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on voice america sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps super bowl previews a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries we'll take your calls and emails right on the air former philadelphia eagle james loving is your host and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot tune in to loving that sports talk with james loving every wednesday at noon pacific Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. Hey everybody, you're back on Hard Hitting Radio with Jay and Gabe. No Mark McMillan, no Byron Evans. Things are a little bit quieter without Mark around. You know, he gets a little loud talking about Bama, things like that. Uh, speaking of loud, we got a couple loud guys to talk about right now. Uh, ironically, within the same week, um, Terrell Owens has been basically booted off his IFL team. And had his part ownership taken away, and um, they paid him $50 in a severance pay. And his buddy Ocho Cinco gets cut by the uh, Patriots yesterday. Uh, Um, That should have happened week two. I think they're um, just trying to save face on the fact that they gave him a shot. You know, this is – T.O.'s probably done as far as a football player. I can't see anybody, you know – even if he was healthy, I don't see anybody going out there and trying to pick him up again. Yeah, no, he's he's most certainly done. Now, as 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 a as a Forty Nine er fan, yes. What are your what's your feelings and emotions on To? On To, uh, a very good player, a Hall of Fame player, uh, but a guy who who stood in his own way of becoming a top three receiver in NFL history. Uh, And unfortunately, a guy who will be more known for his stuff off the field and all the the problems that he caused on rosters and less less on his actual on-field production. Right. Do you put him in the same category as, say, Randy Moss? As who? As Randy Moss. Similar offseason, you know. He, uh, no, I don't think Randy brought as much turmoil with him. I mean, they're, you know, if you're going to draw the line good and bad, I guess they're both on the same side of the line. But I think Terrell went way beyond. I mean, every roster that he was on, he caused a problem. That's that's true. It's that Randy was Randy was way more quiet about about his issues. Yeah, I mean, he'd spent several great years with Minnesota and was key to, you know, to those four or five years where, where Minnesota was, was going strong with Chris Carter there. Um, you know, and a little little bump along the road kind of moves around, goes to Oakland, doesn't like his situation, bumps around and ends up in New England and becomes a model soldier for another three, four, five years, you know, and, and putting up numbers. And then, you know, it kind of gets hazy there at the end and 
you know, we've had what's gone on over the last year and a half. We'll see what happens with the Niners. But T.O., I mean, it almost seemed like T.O. was going out of his way to call press conferences to say horrible things about his teammates. Right. You know, and, and to uh, you know, just cause problems. Uh, you know, now over to Ocho Cinco. I, 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 I bet Ocho Cinco can still play. I just don't think he caught on to that system over there in New England. I, I, I think Chad could end up somewhere and contribute. Not contribute 60, 70, 80 catches, but he, he's got, I mean, I can't see him not being valuable to somebody. I don't know that he knows how to step down, though, from that. That's, that's the problem. I don't know that he knows how to take on a diminished role. Ah, that, you know, that, that could be very, very true. I, mean, I, I think he knows stardom. He knows what it is to, to have all eyes on him. I don't know that he can become a guy who, you know, your third down receiver. I don't know that he'd be able to handle that. Well, you know, I, I have a feeling that this is this is his last off season, you know, for that to happen. I think somebody will sign him. Just just not quite sure, you know, what his role will be. But I found it very ironic that they both go on the same week. Yeah, so. and it's very very fitting, you know, that that were very much look at me guys. Well, that you know they got the ultimate look at me, you know, as you go out the door. Speaking speaking of speaking of camps and all those things, Peyton Manning. He had we had the first OTAs with Denver going on. Um, his passes look very zippy, you know. His deep balls look you know look decent, you know. I mean, can't read a lot in OTAs and stuff, but you know, watching some of the stuff that's going on, he's 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 Peyton Manning out there telling everybody what to do, where to go. It's a you know it's just a different jersey right now. So yeah. you know it, it I think. I think he brings is going to bring something to that team. I like what Champ, what Champ Bailey said. He's making that defense better because anytime you have to go and practice every single day against a guy like Peyton Manning, you got to get better. I agree. So uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that. How are how are your OTAs? What what went on over there? Except for Jim Harbaugh coming out and saying we weren't really interested in Peyton Manning. We were just inquiring. Yeah, that that. I'm and nobody Jim, even asked him the question. I, want, I wanted Jim in San Francisco, I, away from Stanford, and at, at, in San Francisco is exactly where I wanted Harbaugh. Um, that was a dumb comment. Him <laughs> denying the whole pain. Please, he was personally going after Payne Manning himself. Well, you know, the, um, the funny thing is, is he brought it up himself. Nobody even asked him the question, you know? Oh, so, but and I'm, I'm just excited. We got an off season. Everything's everything's doing. We got guys like Justin Blackman doing stupid things. Point two four contract man. It's like the guys who who you know get get busted for for drugs. Uh, you know at the combine. It's it's the combine guy. This is this is where you're going to make your money finally. Well, how, it, how is how is getting high one last time that damn important? Well, and it's funny because he said I I I'm done with drinking. But then follows that up with, for now. Really? For now? <laughs> how, right. about, how about for a while? I right. have a feeling that they're going to be talking to him a little bit. The NFL did come out and say they're not going to suspend him. Um, but he's now on their radar. Oh, sure. Well, now, absolutely. Me, me, and, me and some of my boys were talking about this. This happened in Stillwater. Now, if I'm Justin Blackman and I'm blackout drunk, I'm in Stillwater. I, I mean, I, there's not a girl around at the bar that wants to take me home. I can't right. call a cab. Hell, right. how, how about this? I'll call the police and go, yo, can you guys drive me home? What, 
Yeah, you're the biggest name in that town. I mean, I especially if you're that drunk. Point two four, Gabe. Do you know where I'd be on a point two four? Oh golly, you kidding me? Actually, I don't think I could make it to point two four. I'd be I'd be passed out way before that. Yeah, well, absolutely, and and there's no way I'm getting to my car. Are you kidding me? There's no way I can hold any item, especially keys, to be able to function <laughs> that way. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that you wouldn't make one quick phone call. Call your quarterback. Oh, well, you can't call your quarterback. He's at OTAs. Some somebody call your coach. I mean, that's a that's a quick phone call. So, yeah. but I'm just happy we have off season. You know, some of the some of the rookies are starting to sign their contracts. You know, everybody's pretty much slotted, so it really shouldn't take that long to get everybody signed and in camp. Um, who's going to hold out? We got a couple not happy running backs. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Matt Forte is not a happy person. Well. Uh, and the running backs are in a tough position, especially with with the way NFL contracts yeah. are formed. Um, you know, those guys end up doing the the rookie contracts. They way outperform that contract. If they're lucky, they'll get a nice little bump for a couple of years, and then when they want their big payday, they're close to that thirty year mark, and no team no team wants to pay that. No team wants to pay a big contract to a running back who's age thirty. Well, definitely not. And now with the way that, you know, the new CBA is and how you can pay rookies and stuff, that big contract, it may never happen. You know, that big Adrian Peterson contract, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really tough. And now do you take some of these running backs who are in college that say redshirted their freshman year, played their, you know, you know, play as a redshirt freshman and a redshirt sophomore. Now do they leave after those years instead of their junior year? You know, and come out, come out a year early, so they can be a year younger when they're going after that big contract. Yeah, very true. You know, um, Drew Brees still those guys going back and forth in the <laughs> how how's that situation hasn't already been taken care of and, and sealed is beyond me. This this is a no brainer. You give the guy a blank check and you tell him to fill it in. Ab- absolutely, there. I guess they're a million dollars apart on their uh, on their oh, contract, God. but it's just give them the million. It's the guaranteed money. That's the per year, but it's the guaranteed money where they're having the problem. Pay the man. It's Drew Brees. It Drew. is. It is. The, the organization owes it to him for Pete's sake. I, I absolutely agree. I, I agree with that. Uh, so, but we we'll have a lot more football coming up. Uh, what do we got? Tiger Woods. You know, he he wins last weekend. Uh, I was watching. I was watching, and he made what an amazing shot. I can't remember which hole it was on. Was it 16th? I think I think that's what it. I think that's what it was. Amazing shot. Jack Nicholas said it's one of the best shots ever. I don't know yeah. about that, but calm down, Jack. But it was still great, and it was funny. I was watch, He was getting interviewed afterwards, and the question was, "So what's going to happen at the U.S. Open?" And Tiger gets this look on his face. He's like. I don't, I don't know. I I can't tell the future. Can you? If you can if you can do that, I'm going to sign you. Yeah. It was a great <laughs> great interview. So, you know, I think they said that Phil, Tiger and Rory, I think it was Rory, are all going to tee off at the same time. Oh my. Yeah, that's going to be Ratings Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. So am I. I did. <laughs> I think it's a, it's am, exciting for golf when America. Tiger's there. If Tiger's in it, I'm watching it. Exactly. It, I honestly don't care that much. I want to see Tiger in that red shirt on Sunday. Oh, there's nothing better. The, the ratings on Sunday, 
were through the roof for them. They haven't seen those ratings in a while since Tiger was, you know, competitive. Yeah, and and that that is something that it makes it exciting for golf. I think it makes it not just exciting for golf, for sports. You know, that Tiger. No, uh, there's a lot of great athletes out there. Yes. I don't think anybody creates the buzz that Tiger Woods does when he's going into a Sunday. And especially in the era, era now with Twitter, I mean, as soon, as soon as he got to the back nine, my phone started buzzing a bit, and then he makes that shot. I think it was 15 or 16. My phone was off yep. the hook with Twitter and everybody tweeting. Everybody tuned in. Yep, they sure did. I I I I would love it if the open would be like that. Love it. So, but we'll see. We got to wait till next weekend, though. Yep. So uh, let's see. Uh, Kentucky Dirt or the uh, Triple Crown. We brought that up. I'll have another. Will not be running the Belmont to try and no, get the he, Triple Crown. He doesn't want another. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I guess he has a sprained foot, tendonitis going on, swollen foot. So they pulled him. Eight, right. Eight. That's the the official. Report. Yes. Yes. And uh, there seems to be a little bit of a little bit of a. Conspiracy going on here. The, so I've heard, and, and from my understanding, uh, I guess the trainer, his trainer, doesn't have the greatest of background. In fact, uh, I believe is, it might be banned in a, from racing in a couple states. Um, and I've heard that the security uh, for these stables has been heightened for uh, for the breeders or for uh, Belmont yeah, for the breeders um, or Belmont. And so the trainers don't have access to the horses after hours, um, which raises a major question. Yes, definitely. To, you know, you know how this injury all of a sudden pops up now. Well, it'll be interesting to follow up on that story that just came out today. Um, yeah. Eight times since 1997, horses have come into the to the Belmont for the Triple Crown and not won. Eight times. Yeah. So, I don't know. Are we ever going to see a Triple Crown? I have no idea. I think we will. I think we will. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's kind of nice that it doesn't happen, though, because it kind of makes it makes it special. If we had a Triple Crown winner every year, well, then, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, look at luster. You know, you, you just say four of those eight won Triple Crowns. Now it's not, you know, now it's not such a big deal. Right. You know, but, um, nope, no, I'll have another at least not at, at the racetrack. There will be plenty of I'll have another's at the bars. <laughs> Especially for the guys who already put down their bets. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, Gabe and I will be together tonight at Wild Night uh, Wild Nightclub. Um, actually, we won't be together together. We'll, he'll be behind right, the bar, be and I'll be roaming. Yeah, that would just be weird. But right. um, we got David Miramon, Curtis Matthews, Armani um, up from Tucson. There, uh, uh, he's, he's a special guest, and, uh, you know, Big week, big weekend over here on the West Coast. A lot of people doing EDC, the Electric uh, Daisy Carnival. I am not going into that madness of a thing. Is uh, Gabar? Is any of your staff going up after work on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. Probably, uh, probably about half of our guys are, are going uh, after we close Saturday night. They're heading up there. In fact, I know we already have uh, one or two already up there. Do any of the girls ever go anywhere? It always seems like it's the guys going everywhere. Yeah, the, well, the guys go up for for the big shows. The girls kind of, uh, um, you know, they, whenever somebody invites and, and, and pays for the whole thing. Oh know. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
we know how that works. But yep, yep. If, you, if you're in Phoenix tonight, make sure you come to Wild Nightclub. Um, just tell them you heard it here on Hard Hitting Radio. Um, but that's it for this week. Um, coming next week, Mark and Byron will be in Philadelphia. So you'll probably have me and probably have Gabe in here. We'll have, we'll definitely have NBA Finals talk. Um, I guess we forgot to talk about hockey. So we probably sure. should bring that up maybe a little bit. But uh, everybody out there, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at j at outofbounds.com, O-U-T-T-A-B-O-U-N-D-Z. Uh, send us all some, some, some stuff to talk about, questions. And uh, we will be back next week. This is Hard Hitting Radio with Jay and Gabe. See you out there, Mark. Adios. We some hard hitters. We some hard That's another show. Thanks again for joining Mark McMillan and Byron Evans for Hard Hitting Radio. Come back and we'll do it again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up. We some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you a reason to tune in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving. If you're sports and we're bringing the cutting edge. Show them how it's done, we're on, voiceamericasports.com.